Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Shana Zelaso. Shana is an author, psychotherapist, intuitive channel, and spiritual coach. Her book, The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically, is available from booksellers worldwide and at Amazon. Beautiful. Welcome, Shana. Thank you so much, Emmy. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a blessing to have you with us, and I am so excited about our topics for today. Now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I love to just begin by asking my guests, what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally? Oh, Emmy, this is such a beautiful question. To me, sacred feminine power is all about the second chakra, our sexuality and the generative capacity of our literal and figurative womb space. And of course, it's not just about the womb itself, but the significance of that creative center. So it's accessible to us all, whether we have a womb or not. This is really important uh, as sacred feminine power to me unifies integrates, heals, and births. It's the opposite of separation consciousness. It gives us access to oneness. And when reclaimed, sacred feminine power allows for the ability for all of us, no matter how we identify, to remember that we are co-creators and that we're here to create heaven on earth through our own efforts. And when we're in touch with this creative capacity, we become intentional about what we're weaving. Sacred feminine power reflects an integration of one's totality, wherein no aspect of self is disavowed, but rather all is claimed as a part of the majestic collage of self. Sacred feminine power and its relationship to the second chakra is all about transformation, alchemy, and the ways this center is a portal to higher consciousness. It's through our creative center that we can cultivate a pathway to our own ascension. And always it starts within. The potency of this power, of course, um, has been experienced as deeply threatening to the patriarchy throughout history. And so much of why I feel personally that the second chakra was targeted. And that's a, a point that I make in my book is, is why, why was female sexuality, her connection to her body and her second chakra denigrated so deliberately and vilified? Why was shame used to erode, sever even our connection to this center? Clearly, there is something about this center that is connected to our liberation, our evolution, our remembrance that we're all co-creators here in this life. Again, no matter how we identify, the time has come for us to heal as a collective and intentionally cultivate our connection with this power. It's a time for us to birth a new way. And as such, I am so grateful for the amazing work you are doing, Emmy, to this end. And I'm certain I speak for so many of your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for prioritizing sacred feminine power. Hmm. I think our interview is complete here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. You've touched on so many really, really important points there. And 
open some really beautiful gateways and portals for us to dive deeper into this conversation in, in just a moment. And I, I cannot wait to ask you a few yummy questions based on what you just said there. But before we go there, Shana, I would just love to hear from you uh, about your, your personal story in terms of a challenge that you've gone through that's really helped you to understand more deeply about sacred feminine power and also activate it within you. Oh, yes. So paradoxically, a challenge that helped activate sacred feminine power in my life was in witnessing what it looked like when we're not in touch with it, when generational and past life trauma er erodes the relationship to this power. And, and in effect, when, when we're disempowered, this is what led to my activation. I speak about this experience in my book. Um, at age 19, I lost my mother to suicide. And it was such a loaded experience for me in so many ways. I was so close to my mother and so much like her. Um, I was very vibrationally aligned with her. So her death was extremely impactful and painful for me. But intrinsic to the experience was the way that her own struggle brought to light so much of what I feel is my mission here on the earth plane in this lifetime. In her suffering, I saw the effects of the historical suppression of the feminine. I saw the direct impact of all the witch wounds she experienced throughout history. I share my mother's gift of intuition, and as such, she was an extremely sensitive soul. Her intuitive gifts made her prone to being impacted intensely by that which is in the collective. And, and most intuitive folks know how important it is to protect yourself when sensitive, to erect firm sacred boundaries so not to be overwhelmed by what is in the collective. My mother did not identify as a witch in this lifetime, but she was most certainly a witch of light. And ultimately, she carried in her the wounds of being this throughout time. She, of course, had a loving family in all of us. My father and my siblings tried to buoy her, but the wounding was deep. And in my own understanding of her process, the patriarchal efforts through history to silence, pathologize, vilify, became internalized in her, and her capacity to transcend that trauma was compromised. Her struggle certainly woke me up even before I fully understood it, to the profound importance of cultivating self-love, ultimately supporting others in their process of self-love became a huge part of my work. In addition, as a 19-year-old, I had to work through the problematic messaging conveyed in her act, wherein the role of mother was something that I observed at that age as, as leading to a loss of, of, of the sense of self. Well, of course, that isn't the case. My 19-year-old self at the time vowed to never have children. Fortunately, I found my way through that pain and misunderstanding into motherhood. And I honored the sole contract I have with my son. However, there was so much that occurred in this experience that showed me why it must be a priority to help support the reclamation of feminine power and to do so first within to be reflected without. So the suicide of my mother activated in me my mission in many ways. Hmm. Well, thank you, Shona, for sharing so openly and so vulnerably about your experience. And I can only begin to imagine 
perhaps not even that in terms of what you must have gone through as a 19 year old and how deeply that would have affected you. And, and I love how beautifully you and, and gracefully you're describing your, your mother's experience as, as that witch of light who didn't get the validation and the support that she needed in, in this lifetime. And again, you're touching on so many important points there that, and, and also, I mean, we're recording this just after Halloween, just after Samhain, and um, when the veils are super thin and our ancestors are so closely with us. And there's also a lot of remembrances to the witch hunts as well. And you've just brought up a whole lot of, whole lot of um, stuff for me by sharing about your experience. So thank you. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Well, you, you've kind of alluded to this in, in a few ways already, but what would you say is, is really the hidden blessing in that experience, in that challenge that you went through now that you are on the other side of it or see it from a bigger picture perspective? Oh, bless you for asking that question. It's such a beautiful question because it's so, it's quite related to Inanna, that, that, that question in the sense that, um, there's an opportunity to reframe our experiences. Inanna teaches this too. And so I'm grateful for this question. Um, the, the experience of my mother's suicide definitely initiated me into the death mysteries because as an intuitive myself, my mother showed me psychically. She she was first. Um, she went into a coma uh, upon the experience. So she was actually in a coma for nine weeks before she actually took her last breath. So I had this incredible period of time with her, wherein we connected psychically. I knew she wasn't going to come out of the coma, um, but. But she showed me so much. Again, this, I do touch on this in the book, but it was a profound experience because she showed me what happens when we transition. And of course, that death is not an end, but a birth into another dimensional reality. She she really was the one that, even though I didn't quite know it at the time, uh, opened my connection to Inanna, who's a goddess of the death mysteries. Um, I was always really interested in death, which I know can sound unusual for a young child. I was literally at a, at a young, young age, I was interested and, and read about near-death experiences. And it the experience with my mother directed my life's course in so many ways. I have a very distinct memory of being six, six years old. And I was... Um, sharing a room. I'm an identical twin. So I had, I shared a room with my twin sister and I remember waking up in the middle of the night from a premonition. So it was a dream, but it was clearly a premonition of my mother passing at an untimely age. And I just was hysterical, crying hysterically. I ran into her room. I, I, I remember the experience of walking down the dark hallway to the end where her, her room was and her door was shut with, you know, the room she shared with my father. I remember opening the door and going in and explaining the dream that I just had. And she met me first. She didn't, um, it's interesting because she didn't tell me my dream was wrong, which is interesting in retrospect, but she met me where I was and she just nonchalantly just addressed death and in the most 
remarkable way to a six-year-old. She she explained it was like changing clothes or being in a different room at the house. And she made the point to say, you know, when I'm in my bedroom and you're in your bedroom, that doesn't mean we're not connected still. We're just in different rooms. Um, and to a six-year-old, this really, really registered. And it began to desensitize my fear of death. And I, the way that she met me in that space really it 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 created an opportunity for me to soften my my sadness soften my experience around the dream i had um is very profound for me um it, what it did was on on the my experience with her suicide what it did was it led me to study death and dying further and i went to a program uh, in undergraduate school where, and I could declare my own, I could create my own major. So I created a major where literally got a degree in thanatology, which is the study of death and dying. And then I went on to do a, a master's in social work so that I could do end of life work. So I could do hospice social work. So and of course, along the way, I studied many different healing modalities related to that. So energy work, shamanic healing, I became a, a licensed massage therapist so that I could provide touch at the end of life, something that was that I understood to be so valuable. Um, and then when I when I worked in hospice, I had I had this incredible hospice doc doctor who encouraged the chaplain and myself because we both did energy work to if you know if the family of the patient was in agreement and wanted this he would encourage us to go to the bedside and provide energy work to the patient as the patient was transitioning and then also to the family so it was this opportunity where ultimately my mother's suicide led me to be uh, able to connect with um the part of me that is drawn to supporting others through transition and and the amazing experience of that initiatory process of being of being able to be in that space it's such a sacred time and i i why was with my mother when i took she took her own her last breath and i was holding her hand and that allowed me to be able to bring that into the room with patients in hospice and ultimately her her passing it really provided me with the hidden blessings of reminding me of who i am and what i came here to do um and it certainly set in in motion of course this deep descent experience very similar to the descent of anana right where it was incredibly it was a powerful experience and a powerful descent, but it ultimately led me to heal and reclaim my own connection to sacred feminine power. Mm. That is so beautiful and so powerful. Uh, and, and when you truly step into your power and your calling and your purpose through such a huge, huge experience at such a young age as well, that's that's really really amazing. So thank you for sharing about that. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, well, I would really love to hear a little bit more about Inanna and how your studying of Inanna and connecting with Inanna ties in with your life experience as well. Oh yes, thank you. Well, in 
always I've been connected to the divine feminine. It has just innately been uh, where my interest lies. <laughs> um, and so in my research and study of the divine feminine, I came upon Inanna and in her, I I saw such a deep reflection of my own experiences. She, she was what I was looking for. She is a goddess who is extraordinarily multidimensional. And this, and she is a goddess who insists on her physicality. So that was really important to me because I would say that my most salient identity, <clears throat> even as a child, is my spirituality. And I am also an athlete and have been an athlete my whole life. And as I mentioned, you know, I studied, um, even still actually, I don't do it anymore. I'm still a licensed massage therapist. So, but the body and our connection to the body has always been central to me. And on the path of spirituality, on the spiritual path, there's often this understanding that we're, we're meant to transcend the physical and it didn't compute for me because I've always, like Inanna, insisted on the physical, on my physicality and used it. Like sport to me and my relationship to sports has always been a path of personal growth. So it's always been deeply spiritual. And literally my my entire understanding of, of all the ways I express myself as an athlete is, is truly from a spiritual lens. And I conceptualize it as like a spiritual training. So in Inanna, I found a reflection of what resonated with me. It wasn't about disavowing or um, transcending the physical. It, it was about using the physical as a vehicle to our own ascension. And in addition there were ways that she demonstrated to me a way to reconcile our our seeming paradoxes that, that she gave me permission to be every aspect of myself and so while i i am for example you know nurturing as a mother for example to my son I'm also, you know, if I go back to I'm I no longer compete. I I was a competitive marathoner and and I was very serious about it and took it super seriously and really intense for a while and that you know, at that point in my life, if you put me on the finish line at the start line, rather, I was like, get out of my way. I want to win this, you know? So that's mm -hmm. very much in contrast to the motherly aspect of me that was sort of, you know, like, come on, encouraging, supporting. Um, and in Inanna or through the, my, my connection with Inanna, I came to understand how to reconcile these, these seeming opposite aspects of self and that I didn't need to feel as though one was less spiritual or less uh, worthy of celebration. And, and it was really through her that I came to find how to put into practice, how to actually live self-love. She is a goddess who absolutely stands in her glory. And her mythology reflects this. It's so powerful. Her mythology is so erotic and so celebratory of self. And she's not shying away from her power. She insists on it. And she insists on taking up space and being fiercely loving. So in her, I saw 
what made sense to me from the perspective of the feminine, which is why I wanted to write this book because there's a reclamation here through Inanna of the other aspects of the feminine that we're not just, and I am, I am a mother and I am nurturing, but the, the mother archetype is one aspect of the feminine, you know? And, and again, this doesn't mean that we're necessarily a mother or, you know, um, have our own children or anything, just the, the energy of, of being nurturing and supportive. She is also a goddess who, who just resists being bound. And that resonates with me in the sense that if you tell me there's something I can't do, oh, I'm going to try. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you put me in, if there's a way where I feel like I'm being boxed in, I want to move beyond that. And she gives us permission. She also gives us permission to evolve. What was true for me before may no longer be true for me. And that's okay. And it, it, I don't need to be bound to it just because it was true for me before. So she, she is returning truly into the collective conscious. Uh, uh, really, uh, there are people all around the world really remembering her, being in touch with her. And in part, I, I do believe it's because of all that she represents and this timing, this very timing of saying, you know what? It's time to heal our relationship to feminine power. <laughs> Let's reclaim our totality. And she's emerging. And it, it, it there's a way where when I began my research with her or into her, just reading about her and even reading the poetry of Anna Duana, who was the first author to sign her name to written work. It's a woman. It's just so powerful and so beautiful. But she was a priest. Uh, she was a princess and a priestess, a daughter of King Sargon. And, and she had these three powerful poems to Inanna, even though she was a high priestess of Inanna's father, Nana, her mm. love was for Inanna. And reading that poetry, it was like, it, it pulled me into deep past life memories of being in devotion to Inanna myself, being a priestess of hers. And I feel like this is a time for the priestess is <laughs> across the world, the priestesses with a slash through because it's inc it's inclusive. It's not gender oriented. It's it's the the devotion of um, prioritizing sacred feminine power is what I understand to be the path of the priestess. And and again, it is not limited to gender, right? And it's inclusive. But I remembered myself in this in this way through my study of of Inanna. So I'm she really just she my my connection with her just transformed my life in so many ways. But most importantly, by virtue of this deepened self-acceptance, this deepened self-love that I had been really capable of teaching other people or supporting other people as a psychotherapist, as a coach, as an intuitive in their own journey to self-love. But I wasn't fully living it until I reconnected with Inanna. She gave me the permission to accept the parts of myself that in a sense, I could say we're sort of in the way of my ability to love myself unconditionally. 
but no more thanks to Inanna. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, I love the depth of, of um, self-discovery and depth of analysis that you've provided there. It's, it's really beautiful to listen to you. And, and I love how you've drawn on all these powerful aspects of Inanna there. And, and I'm really looking at your own life from that perspective, from, from self-love to owning your power and your sexuality and resisting being bound, such an important theme, especially in these times. And what really resonated with me as well was taking care of our bodies, our, our vehicles, our temples of our spirits, which is perhaps one of the greatest acts of self-love that we can do for ourselves. And also the, the cleaner the body, the healthier and more resilient the body, the more light we can hold, isn't it? Oh, I am so glad you said that. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. And and it facilitates, right? It's 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 a vibration. So the the way that we when we are in devotion to our own body and and engage with it with reverence, absolutely we lift the vibration. And when the vibration, our vibration is higher, it's easier for us to maintain our consciousness at a higher at a, at a higher level. So we can really ultimately move beyond fear and engage truly from heart, from, from love. And the focus on the body in, for me is a way to, to support this. And I think it's really, I think it's really important, especially in the way especially in the ways that the feminine has been so deliberately suppressed. So it's this sort of coming into our body. Trauma, as you well know, uh, can often let lead us to sort of move out of the body, you know, observe a traumatic situation literally from the ceiling, that kind of thing. So if we're carrying trauma in our physical body, there's a way to alchemize it, you know? I mean, it's it's stored in our cellular memory. If we fill it with light by virtue of just self-loving thoughts, right? And cap cap catching ourselves when we're being hard on ourselves. Like when we have, you know, a seemingly innocuous thought, like, oh, I left my keys in the car. I'm such an idiot, right? Like we could catch that. When we're self-loving, we won't use that word. We'll say, oh, I must be overwhelmed left my keys in the car. It's very different. It's when the, the higher the vibration you hold, the more it is challenging to allow any lower vibration energy to enter. So that word, so it seems so innocuous, you know, the word idiot, right? It's, but what a denigrating concept. And yet many of us use very harsh words about ourselves and, you know, again, in, in just teasing or, or whatever, but it's so important to catch that, alter it and change it because the thoughts, the way we, we talk to ourselves, this is as valuable to our body as the food we put in it. If, you know, if we're spending money eating organically or non-GMO, we have to be as, it would make sense for us to also be as diligent with, um, the way that we relate to ourselves. So the body is so valuable in the the process of self-love for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
couldn't agree with you more. And I'm, I, I could literally listen to you for hours, Shona. You, you are sharing so many things that resonate so strongly with me. So really, really appreciate that. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and, and perhaps work with you, how, how would they find you? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. So my my website is shanazalazo.com. So it's S-E-A-N-A-Z-E-L-A-Z-O.com. And you can reach out to me there. I would be so honored to connect with you. Thank you. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And tell us a little bit more about the book as well. Where do we find it? Yes. And what what is your favorite part of that book? If you're able to share that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, the, it's available at booksellers worldwide and certainly online at Amazon um, and through sacredstories.com, which uh, it was published by Haniel Press, which is an imprint of sacred stories. And um, the my favorite part about the book really is the rituals and the meditations that I provide at the end, the healing interventions that I provide at the end, because certainly so much of this book was, was in a collaboration with Inanna. So the, the healing interventions that are provided at the, at the end feel very Inanna infused. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite, favorite parts of the book. And also because to me, ritual is, is such a potent way to uh, alchemize what we're ready to transform. It's quick, it's fast, it's free. And it's something that is, it puts the power in your own hands to be your own healer. So that's my favorite part. <laughs> mm, beautiful. Thank you so much for all of that and sharing all these golden nuggets of wisdom. And I, I just really, really love how you're weaving all of this through your own experience. And when, when it is an embodied experience, it really shines through when you talk about it. So thank you for your courage and for your authenticity as you share about this with us. Thank you so much, Emmy, And for the work that you're doing, bless you for doing this work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Now, everybody, just for a moment, let's let's focus our awareness and our intention on this really beautiful, inspiring energy that's been activated. And imagine sending this energy to everybody and everything on our planet to remember that we are all one. And for this particular episode, let's also send this energy specifically to ourselves, to our bodies and to our spirits. And... Also remember that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and heal. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening.